Welcome to Lectionary Mixtape. I'm your co-host, Daniel Eisenberg, and my other co-host, Ben Siebert, was unable to join in this week. I had something come up, but we have a special guest co-host, Emily Eisenberg. Hi, Emily. Hi, I'm Emily Eisenberg. I am a horticulturalist, and I am a parent and a spouse, and I occupy this beautiful liminal space between pastor and layperson because I am not anyone's spouse. I'm Daniel's spouse. (laughs) So I have spent some time in seminary, but not in class, and I've spent a lot of time in church. I have been very blessed on my spiritual journey to have doubted so many things and um, always, you know, come back to Christianity and specifically Lutheranism. Um, So my, uh, I have a very interesting context. Um, I also have a background in linguistics, so I'm really interested in turning turns of phrase around and uh, looking at things from different perspectives in a um, a reading or a piece of literature. Uh, so I'm excited to get into our text today. Yeah, me too. Very nice. We are talking this week, Baptism of Our Lord's Sunday, and so we're talking a bit about the calling that God gives us to pursue justice uh, and how that's tied to our baptismal calling. We're talking about... Uh, the Holy Spirit and the unpredictability and bigness of the Holy Spirit. And we're also talking about Jesus's baptism. We're talking about waterfalls and we're talking about being sent on our way. Our readings for this week are from Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9, Acts 10, verses 34 through 43, and Matthew 3, verses 13 through 17. Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9. Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice in the earth, and the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, and who gives breath to the people who who walk upon it and the spirit to those in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. 
See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So what are your, what are your thoughts? Do you have any initial? Uh, okay. Um, so something that jumped out at me is I liked verse 5. Especially um, God who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out earth and what comes from it. I like that connection to creation and justice being connected to one another, that the idea of justice is getting back to what God intended for the world and for, in this case, for humanity as well. I really like that Um, sort of if you want to make the connection to Genesis that God looked at everything and said it was good, that God really meant it. And so justice is getting back to that good. I like that too. I think that was my favorite verse. When I first read this and knowing that it's baptism of our Lord Sunday, um, I'm thinking people are going to be reading Jesus into Isaiah, which Mm -hmm. I get. But then I also had to laugh because in the first few verses, it's talking about how he isn't going to, you know, step on any grass or go out into the streets. And Jesus absolutely comes and flips over tables and <laughs> curses out mm-hmm. fig trees and things like that, um, which is which is kind of fun. Yeah, I think that that part puzzles me. the whole part that illustrates this meekness of this servant. And yeah, Jesus somehow paradoxically holds both of those intention, I think. Absolutely. Like he, to bring about justice, this passage isn't say there's going to be war and fire and a mighty general will rise up, but Mm -hmm. one who doesn't even extinguish a, a, snuff out a candle even, uh, is that... Uh, attentive to uh, what's happening around them. And Jesus is just, yeah, I think that's what's kind of interesting. What's the the line about that Jesus uses later about being as wise as serpents and gentle as doves? Uh, That's another thing that comes into mind. Mm. Yeah, I like that. And I, reading it with a a bit more nuance, um, I think you could take some of that meekness and use that to understand how Jesus treats those who are already downtrodden. Um, So much of his ministry is spent working with people who are uh, suffering in some way or another, and he is not crushing those reeds that are already bruised, as it were. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, which is cool. One thing that I do as a, a lay person when I'm uh, encountering a Bible text for the first time in a while uh, is try and put myself in each point of view. So I wonder how it would feel to be called as God's servant. You know, I'm assuming that we're going to be reading Jesus into Isaiah, as I said before, but imagining myself as the servant called to some kind of action and justice in the world. And that's, there's so much of that in Isaiah. Isaiah is Mm -hmm. so rich for that social justice stuff. And imagining myself calling others to do the same, 
And like, where, where does that bring me in my day-to-day life? Like, how does that affect me tomorrow when I go into work or, you know, later on when we're hanging out with our family? Like, how am I bringing that call in? I like that a lot because I think our first instinct, especially coming out of Isaiah, like you said, is to say, ah, this is Jesus. And in a lot of ways, it feels like that lets us off the hook. Absolutely. Um, But if we see this as part of our calling too, I mean, and it's even to bring in the New Testament, even if you were to see this as being very Jesus Mm echoey, then it's not far to jump into taking up your cross and following Jesus, Um, especially on baptism of our Lord. If we're talking about baptism and the call that that places, I'm especially drawn to verse nine, the the end of this pericope, uh, the former things have come to pass and new things I now declare that Baptism we talk about as a washing away of the old or a drowning of the old and a rising up to new life or the birth of something new. Uh, And how do we see that as part of all of our baptismal calling to be part of the the birthing of of this new life that God is bringing forth, that hearkening back to the creation, that bringing forth of justice, that that's part of all of our calling. Yeah, it it absolutely doesn't let us off the hook. It's very it, it's very challenging. Um and when I again being a lay person and not um being called to be in the pastor and you know, more directly I guess, being God's hands and feet in the world. It's n- it's never enough for us to just serve. Serving is great. But if you're not asking why there are so many people who need services, you're kind of missing out. So, you know, we take that a little farther. And what what else are we being called to do? You know, how can we stretch ourselves into new, like identifying new ways to uh, dig into our communities and uh, help people and, and things like that? Just like keep pushing ourselves. All right, well, let's jump over to the second reading. And this comes from the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 34 to 43. Then Peter began to speak to the Gentile crowd and said, I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree. But God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Yeah, so this is one, and again, my... uh 
first instinct is to try and put myself in the different uh, people who are noted in the story. I think most challenging for me in this one is with the male pronouns for God, just remembering that uh, myself and people of all gender identities are in the image of God. I struggle with that sometimes with uh, certain translations of the Bible. Um, and this is one of them. But I, I try and remind myself of that before I jump into a text. But um, seeing myself again as Peter reminding everyone else what this story is and then trying to imagine myself as witnessing uh, Jesus' miracles, being someone who hasn't witnessed them but is hearing about them from other people, being sent out and given the Holy Spirit to go and do God's will. I love that. There's, there's just so much movement and action going on. Um, of the three persons of God, I probably relate most with the Holy Spirit. So I love when the Holy Spirit comes up in texts. Uh, it's one of my favorites. Because you never know when the Holy Spirit's going to blow in and blow out. And they kind of show up when they're needed. And there's never a whole lot of explanation. <laughs> it's like, it's a dove. It's a voice. It's a breath. Fire. It's fire. Tongues of fire. Yeah, and that's what I love. Um, I, I know we don't. it's not Pentecost yet, but I love that the Spirit of God comes down at Jesus' baptism. And then that same Spirit is given to everybody during Pentecost, this huge rush of wind. And uh, each of us do have that same spirit within us, which is, it's nuts. Mm -hmm. It's just bonkers. I love thinking about it. And that, that works really contextually with this pericope too, because this is the appearance to the Gentiles. And Acts has this whole expansive, growing, growing, growing work of the Holy Spirit. Like, first it's in Jerusalem, and what happens... So, Pentecost is the, the Jewish Pentecost. It's to all the Jews who are gathered together in Jerusalem, and they get to receive the Holy Spirit and all of that. And what happens right after this is the one to the Gentiles. And so there's this like whole flipping on your head of what our expectations are and just how big God's grace is and how big God's people can be. Uh, and that's always fun. Yeah, there's again this stretching of like any, any time we try and encompass uh, or conceive of what God is and can be, it's like, nope, a little bit farther than that. A little bit farther, a little mm -hmm. bit farther. Which Pentecost is the one where they say uh, they can't be drunk because it's too early in the morning? It's only nine o'clock. Yeah, which yeah. one? Is that Gentile yeah. one or Jewish one? Jewish one. Nice. We don't read the Gentile one, which is super bummer. I was wondering about that. Man, that is a bummer. Mm -hmm. But it's because the Gentile one's really quick and abridged. It's just mm. like, boop, here you go. It's okay. not like, and then this happened, and then there were tongues of fire, and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, and they all received the Holy Spirit. You're like, oh, cool. Cool. Good to but know. like, I'm, I've always been struck by mm, verse 41, uh, that Jesus was allowed to appear not to all the people, uh, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses. And I think we usually read that as 
oh, there's sort of a hierarchy of who's in the know and who's not and who's sure. more important. But I'm reading it this time, seeing it as God chose to use people as witnesses. Like, that's how, like, I think that's what the affirmation is. Not that some people are better than others, but God empowered people to share the good news because that's how God wanted to do this darn thing. And God could do it any way that God wants to. God could have appeared to all people, but God chose to appear to a smaller subset of people and then send them out to tell all the others. And I really like that as an affirmation of call. Uh, and and it's just fun to play with that idea of why. Why does God do things these ways? Why does God trust us with such an important task? And it's also a very humbling call, too, that God would entrust us with such an important and beautiful task. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I love that, too. And I think about call. I've, I've put a lot of time and thought into uh, discerning my vocation, my call, uh, which is outside of the pastorate. But I, I still would certainly consider myself a witness to God's love and Jesus' resurrection and uh, life after death and all that stuff. It comes out in different ways. Certainly, I don't preach a sermon every Sunday, but I have no doubt that that call is still there for me to, to witness to that. Cool. Mm. If you're an adder, you should add the next few verses. It makes sense because right afterwards, everybody hears, they believe the Holy Spirit comes upon everyone and then they all get baptized. Not nice. sure why the lectionary gnomes cut it off you know, three verses early. Uh, I think it would have made more sense and a better connection to the baptism part. But nothing to stop you from adding a few verses. Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Yeah, so here's the Holy Spirit, my favorite. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just rending open the heavens and taking the form of a bird and sitting on Jesus' shoulder. Yeah. Actually, a parrot would be a much more apt bird if it's saying this is, if it's talking. Don't you think it should have been a parrot yeah. and not a dove? That would be good. Would the parrot just like repeat everything God says? Oh, man. Missed opportunity. Yeah, not a lot of parrots in uh, Jerusalem, though. Or not Jerusalem, in Judea. Shame. Yeah, it's a desert, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of parrots in the Middle East. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I love this. This is just a great... Sometimes the readings, to, just to me as a layperson sitting in the pew, sometimes the readings don't always make sense together, kind of like jigsaw puzzle readings. Mm -hmm. They don't always relate. 
But I love that this Sunday they all are kind of talking to each other. You know, there's the baptism and the Holy Spirit coming down to Jesus. And then we get these uh, kind of this call back to Pentecost where the Holy Spirit goes out into us and we're called to be witnesses. And we get this kind of an exhortation in Isaiah to go out and do these things and uh, to make big changes in the world and be a part of God's justice and vision. It's a real opportunity to do like a go get them tiger kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And baptism too, you get this really great opportunity for a tactile thing, which we have with communion and it's great. But you know, when you do the bowl, you have the, the bowl of water. Asperges. And the, that, I don't like that word. It's <laughs> That's so good. That's a weird word. <laughs> but yeah, you have the bowl and the pine branch or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and you flick water on people and the kids love it. And, um, you know, you get the hymnals a little bit wet <laughs> sometimes, mm -hmm. but it's a really, there's just a good energy about it. It's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really nice. Mm -hmm. And like even simple thing of some people do and some people don't, but to make sure that the baptismal font is front and center and people can, you know, even touch it and make the sign of the cross or whatever it is that they want to do as they enter, as they go up for communion or something like that. Um, could be a fun time for children's sermon too. And like have people splash, have the kids splash in the water a little bit, like get a little bit wet and say, that's kind of what it is. You know, this mm -hmm. is something that you can feel and, you know, this is what you can remember every time, you know, what's the Luther quote about every time you wash your face, remember your baptism kind of a thing. You can use that for the kids and like every time it rains or you drink a glass of mm -hmm. cold water or whatever it is, you can remember that God loves you and all that type of thing. I think that uh, there's a couple things. Uh, <laughs> one, one is like just the whole question of why did Jesus get baptized? Um, because we usually associate baptism primarily with forgiveness of sins. And we also associate Jesus with being sinless and blameless. And so how do you put those two together is a question that might be on the minds of some people. And some ways to talk about that. One is to, I think, to harken back a couple weeks earlier in the Christmas season with God is with us, that Jesus gets in the same waters of baptism that we're in, uh, so that kind of a thing. Other parts are this is the initiation of his ministry. This is where it all starts. There's other people who are smarter than me that have figured this out or offered up ideas, but those are a couple of starting places. Yeah, and, and baptism isn't a once-and-done kind of a thing. You're not baptized because. I, I feel like you're baptized for. Uh, you're baptized you know, to become a part of a, this Christian community and to be uh, marked with the cross and what do they say? Sealed by the Holy Spirit. Sealed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I, and it, it means something. Um, and I think Jesus needs that too. I think we all kind of need that. Mm -hmm. um, Jesus was fully human and fully divine and 
if he's the same kind of human I I am, <laughs> like he needed to 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 sit back on that baptism every once in a while and mm-hmm. you know kind of recenter. Yeah, you know. And I think the other thing too is remembering that repentance is something bigger. I think, mm. and I, I this is my broken record thing is that baptism and the one that John the Baptist was doing wasn't just about feeling sorry for the bad thing you did last week or whatever, but that it is about being initiated and being welcomed into the new thing that God is doing. And in that sense, I think it makes perfect sense that Jesus would be baptized then Mm -hmm. because he's sort of kicking it all off. So why wouldn't he jump in those waters? To draw that connection that you were saying, Emily, about the the calling that we have in light of our baptism, uh, to use that language, I think in Matt, it's easier. A little Matthew does us a little favor in that he says he reports that when God speaks from heaven, God says, "This is my son." the beloved mm. with whom I'm well pleased. Okay. Um, so the, the address is not to Jesus directly, but to the crowds that are around there. So yes. like, hey, everybody, listen up. And so I think that's a nice way to connect us to the baptism as well. Like we need to hear this good news about Jesus and this water that he's in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Another thing, I had a thought when you were talking about uh, that Luther quote about putting every time you get your face wet mm-hmm. or uh, whatever it is. Uh, I love being able to pull everyday things into my faith life because because worship is not always uh, worshipful for me. Parenting a child in church when I'm able to get to church I, I'm not always able to focus on my spirituality <laughs> when I'm trying to, to do that whole thing. It's a season in life. That's just where I'm at. Uh, so it's really, really helpful for me to be able to, again, to like fall back on my baptism. That whenever I'm caught in the rain or mm-hmm. I'm taking a shower or, you know, whatever it is, I those moments can be holy, even if I'm not inside the church. Mm. Um, and I need that permission, I guess. And I, I really like that we get it. That's, that's one of the many reasons I love being a Lutheran. There's mm-hmm. a, a lot of uh, space to practice your faith and to have a spirituality that works for you in the season of life that you're in and to follow your vocation you know, to kind of ground yourself in witnessing to God's love. And like, that's, that's the most important thing, mm-hmm. uh, which I really, I really appreciate that. And I think, I mean, it's not a great time to go into all of an in-depth theology of baptism, but one thing to lift up, especially in light of all of this call language and all of that, and related to what you were saying, Emily, is that the gifts of baptism and being claimed by God and loved Mm -hmm. by God and all of that stuff and sins washed away and all that good stuff that it doesn't depend on us in any sense of Mm. the word. It doesn't depend on us to be paying perfect attention in church 
and not be distracted by our little ones or to have stalwart faith that can move mountains and stuff or to um, be the champion of justice that we always dream that we would be. We have our shortcomings. We have our failures. We have our just kind of all. And it's so easy to just beat ourselves up. um, And leaning on to baptism might help us not beat ourselves up so much if we say that God has claimed us uh, and, you know, it's not because of anything we've done that might help. Yeah, yeah, I love that. And that's that's the gospel that I needed to hear in this moment <laughs> because with, with everything that's going on in the world, I do feel like I need to be um, some kind of superhero. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's just so much happening right now and you know holding on to God's promises as something sure and steadfast is of infinite comfort you know it isn't all up to me mm-hmm. yeah thank you for that yeah anytime <laughs> <laughs> um the other thing that's cool and correct me Greek scholars out there if this is wrong, but when the heavens are opened and God speaks, the word that's used, and I believe it's in Matthew as well. I know it is in Mark, but I'm not positive about Matthew. Um, But the word that's used is more literally rendered torn, Mm -hmm. like God ripped heaven open in order to declare this message. Uh, And this is another Luther thing, but Luther, I'm preaching about baptism of our Lord has said that uh, draws attention to the fact that God never stitches up the opening in the heavens again. (laughs) Like it's just open. Um, And that's a really beautiful thing. The idea that the separation between us and God is no more. And that's a good theology of baptism. If that's something we want to lean into Mm. that in these waters that those barriers are ripped apart. And they ain't getting put back together. Nice. I like that. That's, um, it feels like kind of a, was it, what are they called? Like a logical fallacy? Mm-hmm. Like a loophole? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm kind of finding the loopholes. Um, but it's a good, it's a good one. It's a good yeah. loophole. It I preaches, approve. you know? It Just does. like, uh huh. Yeah. Nice. You know, Dan, that reminds me of a song. Nice. Well, should I go first or would you like to go first for the mixtape? Oh, I want to go first. Okay. And I want to see your face as I tell you what song. Yeah, Emily has not told me what this is. I asked and she said no. She wants a genuine reaction. I do. So get excited, everybody. Um, The song that I'm choosing for your mixtape is Send Me On My Way by Rusted Root. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, To me, so those of you poor souls who were born after uh, the late 80s, early 90s probably have missed out on this one. Um, it, it, I mean, this, it's called Send Me On My Way, and that's pretty much the whole song. Uh, 
but I just feel this sending um, motion through the different texts. Um, you're baptized, but that's not the end of it. You've got, you're going to go and do stuff. You're going to take that baptism and you're going to move with it. Um, you're going to go out and talk to people and witness about the love of God and you're going to uh, go do justice and stuff. So, yeah, this is a very mm, positive, uplifting, excited, send me on my way. All right, I'm going. Let's go. mixtape track is I was going between a few different things and I ended up settling partly because I know Ben is missing out and I think he would appreciate this as well. Uh, I chose Waterfalls by TLC and yes. a couple different reasons. Yes, the, <laughs> the water connection. But I like the idea of, you know, the chorus famously goes, don't go chasing waterfalls and that you should stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. And while on the one hand, what we've been talking about a lot of the, the calling language has us venturing beyond the rivers and lakes that we're used to, so it could be against the text a little bit in that way, uh, but I think that it also works in the sense that the rivers and lakes that we're used to, that it's God, that we don't need to stray far to try and find the right waters, that the waters have already uh, been given to us and that we are found our identity and the mercy we need and the love that we need is already found in those waters, that we don't have to go chasing waterfalls to do that. So nice. that's what I went for. Well, well, I think that's going to do it for us over here at Lectionary Mixtape. Uh, thank you for joining us. And thank you, Emily, for coming in as a co-host today. Absolutely. Any, anytime. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. Join us next week as we take a look at the second Sunday after Epiphany. Bye. Bye.